As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So just trying to get it out there and get that social media, your website right away when you have the idea and then just kind of get the product out there as soon as you can. And it can adjust throughout time. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm Allie Wolf, an Emmy-winning journalist and mom. I love interviewing women and experts who inspire us to create fulfilling lives and careers while embracing the messy and beautiful reality of being a mom. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. Welcome back to Mom's Calling. I'm so excited for this episode, and I want to kick it off with this quote. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. I've always loved that one, but then I heard another one that I think is even more accurate. The harder I work, the luckier I get. I love these sayings because we often attribute a lot of things in life to luck without realizing all of the hard work, creativity, and sweat that goes into it. Of course, some people win the lottery or stumble upon great luck or great fortunes. But most of the time when we see these big companies, these successful entrepreneurs and people we look up to, we see their final product. We see their success without recognizing the years it took to get there, the hard work. In today's interview, I speak with a mom who you may think got really, really lucky. But what you'll learn is that she had great timing. She was ready when her opportunity came along. My guest is Ashley Evans, founder of InBooze. Her company sells cocktail infusion kits that are handmade with dehydrated fruits, spices, and herbs. She's a former food blogger and mom to four kids ages 4 to 12, including a set of twins. She launched her company in 2018, and less than two years later, business took off like wildfire during the pandemic after she went viral with features in BuzzFeed, Oprah, and more. We break down that viral success and you'll get a lot of inspiration and tips. You'll also hear how she got started both as a blogger and an entrepreneur. We talk marketing, branding a product, and the importance of showing your face and your personality as a business owner. Also, I asked how she would start from scratch in 2021. You'll hear the answer in this interview. I hope you enjoy. Ashley, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, this will be really fun. I want to start with your business because your business is such a cool idea 
in booze. Let's start with the beginning. How did you get the idea? Where did the moment hit you that you should start this as a business? Yeah. So it was one of those things I'd been blogging for so long and I was just kind of burned out, especially with all the social media and stuff. I was like, well, let me just try something else. And I was kind of playing around with doing a cookbook. So I was actually signed up to do one. And I was like, oh, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like, you know, what else do I really like to do? And I'm like, I like to make cocktails. I used to do something called Saturday sips. And so I would give everybody their shopping list in the beginning of the day. And then at nine o'clock at night, we'd make our cocktails together. It was on like Snapchat and Instagram. People were like, oh, that's great. But I had to buy all this stuff. And it's just, I just wanted an easier way. So I was thinking, I'm like, okay, how can I make this easier to drink at home? And then I just started looking at my fridge and my husband's like, well, you infuse things. I would get those big bottles of vodka from Costco and I just throw stuff in there and infuse it in a mason jar. It's like, well, how, why can't you do something for infusions? I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm already doing it. So then I had to kind of figure out, okay, how do I dehydrate fruit? How do I make it work? I got the idea kind of in like March of 2018. And I just kind of spent the whole spring and the beginning of the summer kind of just playing around with dehydrating things and learning how I wanted to slice things and how I wanted to package it. In October 2018, Ashley started selling on Etsy and at in-person shows. The idea of an alcohol infusion kit was new to a lot of people. During the pandemic, it was crazy. The business went viral. I really do think it was the stars aligning. But in early spring of 2020, Ashley wasn't even sure her business would survive. I had my last show in Chicago in March 2020. The minute I got home, it was on a Sunday. That Monday, we heard that the schools were going to start being closed. And I had 25 shows on my calendar. I'm like, these are all going to be canceled that day. And in my mind, I was like, well, that's it. From booze. Like, I never, because I was like, if I can't do shows, my online presence really wasn't there yet. And so I was like, well, I mean, might as well just close down Etsy. I might as well just see what happens. And luckily I did not close Etsy because one of the trend finders just happened to buy it. You know, she was looking for drinks at home and she just happened to buy it. And then she shared it and then BuzzFeed picked it up. And it was just like one of these things where it just started snowballing in like April and May. And I was like, oh my gosh, like who, how are these people finding it? Like, it was just crazy. And it just took off. And so I kind of had to think like, okay, so I was renting out a kitchen that was about 20 minutes away. I was like, okay, can I safely get there, dehydrate things? How can I keep up with this? when there's not things in stock right now. I was doing it by myself for a while because like I didn't feel safe having somebody help me and hiring help at that time. So it, for a minute there, it was a little bit dicey because I was like, oh my gosh, the orders just kept coming in. And then a lot of corporate people doing virtual happy hours started picking up on it. And so I really think that just changing the tags a little bit on Etsy and my website helped too. So like a corporate gift, I did a lot of virtual happy hour tags or just drinking at home. I tried to kind of play what everybody was doing, like what they might be searching for. Mm. So that helped a little bit too. Wow. Okay. So a lot to unpack there. So back (laughs) more. So you had two years to kind of prepare. I'm wondering if you're willing to share, like how many sales did you have at Etsy pre getting discovered by this trend finder? Take us inside of that shift of how you pivoted and adapted to the changing landscape. Before, I mean, Etsy was always busy during the holidays. So I'd have like two good months and then the rest of the year would be dead. Like February of 2020, I maybe had like 900 sales total on Etsy. And then um, my Instagram was like at 300 people. And like, I just happened to write down all my numbers January, 2020. And I still haven't erased that calendar. I'm like, this is where we were just like a year. You know, it's just crazy. In May of 2020, I think I was up to like 8,000 sales. So it was just from nothing to like almost 8,000. And now we're at almost 24,000. So it's like just one of these things that just skyrocketed. It was crazy. And then my regular website was still going crazy too. Those incredible numbers are worth repeating. January 2020, InBooze had 900 Etsy sales. Five months later, 8,000. 
And at the time of this recording, October of 2021, Imbuz was at about 24,000, not counting the sales generated on her website or in the 500 stores the kits are sold in. Goes to show the power of a great product, great timing, and a bit of luck. How did you find out that you were going viral? I mean, because I'm sure it came as a shock. Yes. Take us to that moment that you found out you were going viral and your reaction and what you did about it. Yeah. So the first time you always get the little pings on your phone. I was like, oh, seems like it's kind of busy right now. Like what's happening? And you really, it's hard with their analytics to really see where it's coming from. And so the first night I just remember we were sitting, I think we were like out in the driveway enjoying like some, we're like, oh, let's just have some cocktails. Like bing, bing, bing. Like the, just the phone went crazy. And I was like, what is happening right now? That was like the BuzzFeed article. And at that point it was like, oh yeah, I have a hundred orders. Like I was really excited about those hundred orders. So I was like, whoa, like that's crazy. And then it just kept happening. Like what about once a month, just randomly somebody would pick it up it would just kind of go crazy and then in November I got into work I always kind of check my orders when I get into work I was like why do we have 2,000 orders right now like it was like one of those things I was like what just happened overnight and Oprah had picked up and put it on her stocking severance list it just went crazy from that point point. and I was thinking you know like oh we can keep up and so we just have garbage cans of orders just going out the door to the post office every day with these big rolling things I'm like that's the only thing that would hold these right now <laughs> we just kept rolling them out the door and we just had people working around the clock shipping these orders out and at that point we had small dehydrators we were just working just to get these orders fulfilled and then so I would have to pretty much shut down my website I would restock on Sunday it usually shut down like Monday or Tuesday so we could just do all the orders during the week and restock for Sunday and so people would set timers and everything it's just I'm like, how do you guys know who I am? It's just crazy, you know? That is absolutely insane. I mean, are you still pinching yourself? Has it set in? Because now it's like, you know, a year later from that. What is your reaction now? Is business still holding steady? And what do you see your business as now? Because it is completely elevated from something that you had 900 sales and clearly you were doing well, but this is a different level, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things I almost have like PTSD from last year, you know, and it was just like, I would be at my HQ, like we, I'd get there at six in the morning and I wouldn't leave till 1230 or one at night in the morning. So I, I had like five hours to go home, kind of refresh and come right back. And I had about three shifts of people kind of working. I'm like, oh, there's the first shift. I'm still here. You know, like, bye. you know, everybody would help as much as they could. So it's just kind of crazy that things are so holding steady. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, that's just a kind of a fluke. Every month has still been kind of increasing more and more. So there's just the word of mouth has gotten out and we really don't do too much advertising. So it's just everybody just talking about it or seeing it in the store and then buying it or just the Instagram followers spreading the word. And so it's kind of been an organic kind of thing, which is really great. What do you think it is about your product and your business that made it take off like this? I mean, I don't think every business is going to go viral, but I think that some businesses have the potential more than others. So what do you think it is about yours? So when I first started the business, I kind of had the blogging mindset of, well, since this is the product, I'm not part of it, you know, kind of thing. So I just would just show the pictures. And then once I started doing videos and showing myself, just even my stories, I kind of, I'm pretty normal. You know, like I talk about, I share just funny things that I do or just like a lot of cocktail videos. And I think that that really helps get my personality through. And they realize this is a handmade product. She is doing this. She does have her family. And I think just having a little bit more personality to it versus, oh, here's a picture of a cocktail. I think that really helped. 
a lot and I was scared to get in front of the videos at first. I used to do TV segments and stuff, but I feel like this was a little bit different. You know, like this is just my product. I'm not sharing it for somebody else. I used to be, do like sponsored videos and stuff, but it's hard to kind of just talk about yourself. It's a different mindset. Like this is my product. You should buy it. It's just hard to do that. I think it was a little bit intimidating at first, but once people got to know me a little bit more and a lot of my customers, they do, they'll send me messages like, Hey, I'm at the store. What else can I mix this with? Or they'll send me like messages and stuff like that. I really have that connection a lot with a lot of them. I love it. You know, I like to get to know people, but I don't know. I can't pinpoint exactly what makes it different, but I don't know. Well, I mean, clearly it's a very unique idea, but also I think you've done some really smart things. So if there's another mom out there and you were talking to a mom who does have an idea and she's trying to get traction for it, what are a couple of things that you did maybe early on that you think really helped? You mentioned putting your face on social media, but what are some other things that you think are good for exposure or branding or personal branding for a physical product? Uh, For sure, just getting your look down. So like, I like bright colors. I'm like, okay, we're going to do pink and green and all the bright colors, just kind of having a vision, not being all over the place. So if somebody were to see something, they'd be like, oh, that what kind of looks like in booze. Like you can kind of tell. We do like a lot of 90s things or 90s songs too. It's kind of like more of a vibe like that. Um, so just kind of have looking at your brand and like, how can I make this more personal, like for me, like how can you kind of niche it down a little bit and just make it, you know, a little bit more personal. Also just the consistency, pick some fonts that you like, or I love Canva because you can just put all your stuff right in there and just have it saved, which Canva is a lifesaver. So that's another thing, just kind of have your branding kind of look consistent. Um, and it's hard to figure out at first. It does take a little bit before I had somebody helping with my Instagram. I'd be like, oh wait, I haven't really posted in a while. Like it's, it's nice to have the consistency so people kind of know what to expect. My first packaging versus now is night and day. But I knew that I wanted a certain look and I put the stickers on there and I'm like, that's how it's going to look right now. I'll figure it out. So just trying to get it out there and get that social media, your website right away when you have the idea and then just kind of get the product out there as soon as you can. And it can adjust throughout time. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, no, I was just going to piggyback on that and say that I think a lot of us have that analysis paralysis. We A, can talk ourselves out of an idea before starting and B, think that it has to be absolutely perfect. So I think that's a great tip. Did you have any business background? I know you were a food blogger. But did you have the business background and what are some lessons that you learned from the business side of things? Yeah, for sure. Especially when things went crazy so fast, I felt like I was like running on a treadmill and a lot of that business side stuff does just go, you're like, I don't have time for that right now. And so definitely keeping all your receipts, like everything, just keep everything together as much as you can. Cause for taxes and stuff, like, oh my gosh, my 2020 taxes were insane. Keeping everything kind of organized, your mileage and all that stuff that you're just like, oh yeah, I just drove there. It doesn't matter. I'm like, no, it does matter. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things like finding the right apps that work for you. I use a lot of Google Sheets. So just everything I'm purchasing, just if it's not organized, it's just going in there. So I don't forget because mom brain also, I'm like, oh wait, what did I do yesterday? You know, so just kind of keeping yourself organized as much as possible, I would say is a huge one. And like hiring employees, like I didn't know how it worked and all the tax things for that. So just finding something that you can really trust is huge. Yeah. And when you were starting early on, did you think of yourself as a business or did you think of this as your side hustle? Because I think a lot of moms who are at home and taking care of their kids think, oh, I just have some side hustles and they think of it as something small. Oh, for sure. It was a side hustle. And I think, well, we'll see how it goes. And even for the first year and a half, I mean, it still was a side hustle. I was still blogging. And then 
I think it was like last fall, maybe of 2020. I was like, you know, what? I don't want to do this blogging thing anymore. And luckily it was, I mean, I had four years of content on the, the one that I have up now. And so th- those recipes are still on Pinterest. Those are still getting traction. So I have that. That's kind of my side hustle now because the ad revenue is just kind of like, oh, just extra ex- you know, in- income. I don't really have to think about it, but it's nice to not have to take pictures of everything all the time or we could go somewhere and we don't have to like, oh, hey, kids, can you pose for a sec? You know, <laughs> Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. But Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. It's a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and community with members like you. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs so it's easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often or as little as you like. All of the goals you set are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use the promo code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. How has your success as a business changed your life? I'm sure financially it has, but also just kind of the big picture of, you know, where you were versus where you are now. So luckily in March of 2020, my husband's company just, he started working from home. And so when the kids were at home during school, at least he was home. Cause if he was still working full-time too, I don't know how we would have done it. I would have had to stay home. It's one of those things where having that partnership where I knew that he was willing to step up a little bit and like all the stuff like that I normally just do automatically, he was able to step up. And I mean, he was still working full-time and he had the four kids home doing homeschool and it was crazy. And I was, sometimes I would have to be gone for like 15 hours a day. There's just no way around. It. So just having that kind of balance and his support has been a lifesaver too. Um, but then I did realize I did need to be around a little bit more. So I had to put some limitations to things. And it's hard to say no when you there's so much you can always do for your business. But I had to say, is that really benefiting me? Am I going to really, is that one opportunity worth it? I kind of have to have time with my kids too. I can tell when I'm not around as much, they they need me still, you know? So it's hard to kind of find that balance for sure. Yeah, because you have four kids, including twins. And, yes. you know, they're not in the early stages where they physically need you as much, but they still need your presence. So, yes. you know, was that a hard juggling act, especially in yeah. the season where you were super busy? How did you have to retrain yourself to find that, I hate to use the word balance, but almost find that separation between work and mom life? So until um, December of last year, I was renting out a kitchen from somewhere else. And it was, you know, 25 minutes each way. And then I'd have to come home and ship all the stuff from home. And so then last summer, I just started thinking like, okay, I need to be closer. You know, I need my own space. And so then I just happened to find this, this building that was five minutes from home. And so I was like, okay, and we walked through it once. And I said, Ricky, I'm going to do this. And he's like, what? <laughs> you were just like kind of looking at it. I'm like, no, there was a storefront and office and then the, the warehouse in the back. So I was like, you know what? We can do this. I need the space. 
because it's nice because then the kids could come in. We had desks set up so they could do a school there with me and I could be shipping things and they could ask me questions. And we have like bikes and rollerblades in the back warehouse. So they could just do that in the winter. And so it's definitely more of a family environment now. I'm not just going somewhere that's not my own. And so it's just nice that they can come with me now. And it's kind of a family thing. And then on the weekends, they come and they have their jobs, like restocking bubble wrap and doing all these little things. So they're taking a little bit more ownership in the belt in the business, which I really, really love. And then um, we do have the every night. I leave at 530 at the latest. And I have that chunk of time where I'm unplugged. I'm making dinner or we're having dinner together and they have me. So even if I have to go back to work, that's fine. But they have that chunk of time. We I talk about their days, you know, like kind of get everything in line. And that's just been really important too, especially now that we have a middle schooler and a preschooler, like we're in three different schools now. So just kind of having that little bit of chunk of time is has been great. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's important to have the time that you turn off and you say, yeah, no business. So have you had to do that? And kind of for me, it was, you know, muting social media and Instagram yes. or scrolling around. How have you implemented that personally and maybe to find that piece personally? Because of course you have to have business time, family time, yeah. but also for you and being busy as a mom and a businesswoman. So how do you find that time for, for yourself as well, I guess? It was so hard for me to hire out help at first. And then so I met Michelle, she does my social media and she helped me during the holiday season. And she's like, you know, I don't really like my job anymore. I think I might start doing marketing and social media. I was like, okay, well, I'll hire you when you're ready. And so she came to me in January. She's like, okay, I'm ready. And so I was her first client and was just like, okay, that's this. You can take over my social media. That'd be one last thing for me to think about. For her, it's great too, because she's out of the corporate you know, world. And she's like, I'm doing my own thing now. But for me, I'm like, you are saving my life. <laughs> you know, Cause like, I don't have to think about the, these things. And um, a lot of people don't realize that she's doing it. Cause I'm still very present on my social media, but we do batch days with the videos and I still respond to most messages too, but she's there too. I know that if I'm busy, I know that she's covering the social media and it's been a lifesaver for sure. Yeah, that's great. Learning too, because I was going to ask you before you, I'm sure you had to hire people that you can yeah. trust to kind of relinquish some of it. And that's, I guess, part of just growing. Yeah. We now have a staff of six people and they are just amazing. I know that if I had to leave early, they have everything under control. Two of them were there last year with me for the holidays. It's exciting also to see, have them kind of on this journey with me too. And I wanted to back up and talk a little bit about the blogging side of things, because that is yeah. something where a lot of moms become moms and think just like you. I don't really want to go, whether it's into the office or I want to have something for me that I do. So do you think that blogging is still a viable and good, smart option for moms in 2021? And maybe you can share a little bit about how you got traction with that as well. My first blog went live in 2010. So things were so different back then. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know, that I have twins. They were almost a year old or they're just over a year old. And so I'd share like how to find deals with diapers or how to make baby food. And then as they got older, I was just making more food all the time. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just be a food blogger. So then I started doing recipes and everything. Um, but it was another one of those things where it's like, oh, we'll just see how it goes. And um, I mean, things are so different in the blogging world now. Um, I think if you have a unique enough idea and you can really like niche down I think blogging is still a great way to earn income um, I think there is that mindset they're like oh that, well that person there's all those blogging courses are like oh you can make this much money in in nine months you know like I think you really have to realize how much work it really is it's not just like oh we're just gonna throw this post up there and people it'll go viral it's a lot a lot of work so I think that if you're ready to put the work in and you have a really great idea that's unique 
I think that people that are, are trying to kind of mimic other vloggers, it's kind of harder because they're like, oh, well, this blog is popular. I'm going to do the same thing. I think you really have to have your own personality and to stand out in the crowd for sure. Um, but it is doable. It is. I feel like the burnout is quick. <laughs> That's why I was ready to start in booths because I was like, okay, I'm done with this posting all the time and sponsored posts and all that thing, stuff. But it did. I mean, it was worth it for me for a long time. So, and I was able to stay home, which was huge. And I was able to still go to all the school events and everything, which is really important to me, but also still contribute to the household. So it was worth it. If you can figure out how to navigate the waters of Instagram and all that stuff, it is worth it for sure. No, that's super interesting to know. I think it's great to hear it from you who did it successfully. And with that, I want to ask you kind of a fun twist of a question and put you on the spot. If you were to do it again, and if you were, say you're a new mom with the one-year-old at home, like you were back then, what would you do if you were starting with a very clean slate? What do you think you would do? That's a hard question. I think now knowing like how it is, especially with social media, I don't know if I would put my kids on social media. We had pictures of the kids all the time. Oh, that's a, such a hard question. I'm trying to think. I think right now moms need to hear that things aren't always okay. I almost would do like a funny kind of social media kind of thing, like not mimicking or mocking motherhood. Like, I feel like people are just so serious. Like, this is how it has to go. This is how I feel like people need to see more normal state. Like, yeah, oops, my shirt's on inside out. And I just went, went outside looking like this, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I feel like just a normal mom kind of social media kind of thing. Yeah, no, I hear you because I think that back when you started blogging and I remember being on social media at that time and it was all very perfect family, perfect images. And I think you're right that people now want to see more authentic, real life. They don't want to see how perfect you are, but really that we're all in this together. And I think that's kind of what I've discovered through doing the podcast of having the ability to talk to other moms and know that people can see the success, but they don't necessarily see that other side. Right. Right. Yeah. And all the filters and just the perfect looking plates and all that stuff. It's just, it's not real, you know, and people feel like they have to live up to that and you, it's really not realistic whatsoever. And I feel like people feel like they have to be perfect when you have your kid. Oh, you have to know everything that you're going to do, or you have to know it all. And you don't, you learn as you go. And even now having 12 year olds, like I'm still learning, (laughs) like it's a different world now. I mean, I know you're so busy right now. You probably don't have a lot of time to sit on social media, but do you find yourself feeling like you still see a lot of that and that pressure? Because I do think there's a real pressure on social media where people do filter out what they share. And it's very easy to get into that negative space. I think that now when I'm on social media, I'm more mindful about following people that I think are actual real real people, you know, and I feel like that's a good thing to see versus just like, let's follow this person because she has a beautiful house and all this stuff. It's, it's nice to see people being real. And I feel like that's who I gravitate towards too. Like people that are a little bit, you know, like, Hey, this is what I look like right now. And it's no big deal. You can get down on yourself. Like, Oh, I should have done this. Or the people that do all the, the elf on the shelf. I'm like, that's great. I love that you want to do that for your kids, but I can't do this perfect thing every day. <laughs> I'm not going to do this whole spread every day for my kids. You know, I'm with you on that. And with that, I want to talk a little bit more about your actual mixers and your infusions yes. that you have. So tell us some of the fun ones that you offer maybe your favorites. And so tell us more about the actual product as it is today. Okay. So um, we started with three flavors. And so it was the old fashioned, the mulling spice and the red wine sangria. And then just as time has gone, I've been playing around with new ones. So I knew that I wanted a margarita that wasn't like bright green, you know? So that was the big one that I was ready to 
play around with. And so for my birthday, 2019, I was like, okay, I'm going to do margaritas. And so that's still my favorite. I love the spicy margarita. We have a prickly pear that turns hot pink Mm. and we really don't put extras in anything. A few of them have sugar cubes that we make, but it's only five grams for the whole infusion. So they're really clean drinks, which I love. I always listen to the like my customers and what they're looking for, but also I try to see what's trending and kind of what would be something that people like might not try. Like the spice maple smash has butternut squash, which is kind of different, but it's delicious. So it's kind of fun to like have people expand their horizons on what they're drinking too. That's so cool. And then, so tell us how it works. So you get the dried spices and fruits, and then what do you do once you get it delivered to you? Yeah. So it comes in a little pouch. And so there's just one big infusion bag per pouch and you put it in like a mason jar or a pitcher, whatever you prefer. It just has to have a lid on it. So you put the pouch in there with two cups of alcohol, or you can do more if you have a, a larger container and you just let it sit for three days and it'll infuse all the alcohol for you. And so say you have like the spicy margarita, you'll put it in tequila. And then after it's infused, you take the pouch out and then you have the infused tequila for six months to enjoy. So it's nice because you have a large batch, but it's something you can just keep on hand. Or if you're having a party, it's nice because you just have it ready. Um, so then you just pour like one to one and a half ounces in a cup of the t- infused tequila and then a mixer. So really all you have to do, you don't have to think about like mix, like margarita mix or a Bloody Mary mix because it's all in the flavor of the actual alcohol. That is so cool. I love this idea. Yeah. I think it's, it's like tea. I think if you think about it like yes. that, you steep tea. It's yeah. so awesome. I love that. Okay. Well, I love hearing about your product. And so I'm going to put you on the spot once again and ask you, do you have any favorite things? Maybe I got the idea because you were featured on Oprah. So what are some yeah. of your favorite things? Maybe it goes with yeah. cocktails or maybe it's something just random with mom life. Oh, let's see. I'm in the kitchen all the time. So I love fun headbands. So I'm always seeking out like fun headbands that'll help hold my hair back. Cause I would have to wear the hair knot and stuff. And it's great if your hair is kind of like messy, you just use those cute little headbands and also earrings. So I'm really big on earrings, like finding fun ones. So I have some with fruit. I have some that are just like big shapes and stuff. So those are always something I'm looking on Etsy for and glasses. I'm always ordering a bajon pairs of glasses. So I have a lot of like pink ones and I have like some big ones and some smaller ones, but it's always fun to play with around with those too. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. I want to now get to the fun questions that I ask at the end. So I'm going to go with the best and worst advice um, from your perspective. So the best advice is you should date your husband. So, and especially when we were busy, it was hard. Like we're like, okay, when's the last time we've like spent time together, you know, like, cause it was just like, I'd be like dead tired and he'd be dead tired. We're like, okay, let's just watch a show. And like, you know, so it's like having something intentional, even if you don't have to go out, you can go out if you want to, but like just planning something just for you and your spouse it's so important because I mean once the kids are gone then it's just you two again you have to still like grow with each other you know and so we we like I'll get like a six pack of different beers and we'll do like beer flights at home or we'll like find a fun recipe to make and we'll have like steaks or something I'm just trying to do something different so once the kids go to bed just kind of like we'll play cards or we'll just sit at the table and just talk and it's really important and I feel like you know, sometimes we do better with it than others, depending on how busy we are, but it's really something that we try to do at least once a month, you know? And then what about worst advice? Do you have one? Let's see. So I would say just surrounding the breastfeeding. I feel like I used to feel so guilty, like, especially when I had the twins, we're like, Oh, you you have to breastfeed them. You'll be fine. Just do it. And I was just so stressed out. I was like a zombie anyway. I was like, I have to breastfeed these kids. You know, like, I feel like if I finally realized like, I can't do this anymore. Just like removing all the guilt 
around as long as your kids are healthy like I feel like that's all that matters and I just felt like people used to like shame me like oh you didn't breastfeed your kids like they're gonna be you know mutants I'm like no I think they're fine like all my kids are fine you know so I feel like that's the biggest thing you just get so much pressure about that oh yeah and that that's one of the hardest things is in the baby stage feeding babies so much guilt either way really no matter what you do there's some form of I'm not doing that practice and right. so, so tough. Yeah. Okay, perfect. The other one was your favorite resources for moms. I mean, I guess that kind of goes with your favorite things. Is there anything that you do as a mom, either for yourself or for just mom life that has been really helpful? Maybe this can be a hack or something just to keep you sane. Yeah, I guess like, so my favorite resource, I don't, it's not really a resource, but like, I do love Audible and just like Libby is like through our library, just having those audio books or just something I can listen to. That's kind of like, that's just a nice thing. Like a little escape. Like even if I'm making dinner, I'm like, oh, let's just listen to half an hour of this book. And then Marco Polo is just a game changer for me. It's an app where you just send videos back and forth. So I went to school in Wisconsin. We moved back to Michigan about 10 years ago. But once I left, I feel like all my friends were still over there. And I felt like I was kind of like on an island and I never felt connected. And so once I found out about Marco Polo, I'm like, let's just do these videos and we can keep in touch. And it used to be like, we'd see each other at weddings or baby showers. We'd be like, hey, how's it going? And you have that like surface level conversation. And now we truly know what's going on in each other's lives. So it's so nice that we can just go back and forth. We can vent about stuff if we want to, or we can just kind of talk about like, hey, like my son has this going on is that okay or you're like what would you suggest and like one of my friends is a pharmacist you know one of my friends is a psychologist so we all have like these little hats that we can put on you know it's kind of nice to just have that communication and then sometimes if I'm away I just do talk back and forth with the kids so like even if I'll leave them a message in the morning and then they can check it after school kind of thing so it's kind of nice that you don't have to be present for the videos but it's just it's a great way to communicate I love it so much That's cool. That's a great one. I love it. Now I just want to end with kind of a call to action. You can just let everyone know where they can find InBooze and where they can see you and your social media. So on Instagram, I'm in in InBooze Kits. So it's just I-N-B-O-O-Z-E Kits. And then just InBooze on Facebook. So you can see all the events and everything that we're doing. And then just InBooze.com. Okay, perfect. Well, this was so great. I feel like I learned a lot talking to you and I'm very inspired. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.